Please remain standing for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about three o'clock, about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, They thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I might need those. It was my 45th birthday. When I got home, I knew that my husband Jim would not be there. My birthday is in December, and he's a professional musician, so often as not, he's playing a holiday gig. But he had left a present for me on the buffet. Our boys were there, and they watched me as I began to unwrap it. Garfield was smiling at me. You see, Jim is very frugal, and it was wrapped in funny papers. Well, as I as I peeled off the paper, I looked inside, and there was a dustbuster. <laughs> It was 
was accompanied by a card that said, don't say this present sucks. <laughs> now, our boys were not at the age yet where they were dating, but even they looked at me with great pity, <laughs> as if to say, this is a really lame present to give the love of your life for <laughs> So they patted me consolingly and they said, it's okay, Mom, we got you a present too. And they ran upstairs to get it. But they were back down again in a flash. And they said, Mom, 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 you have to go upstairs. You have to go right now. Where's your present? Never mind that. Go upstairs, Mom. Go upstairs. I went upstairs, and I was thinking to myself, you know, he probably got me flowers, because he actually is a very romantic guy. One time on Valentine's Day, we stayed downtown in the Omni Hotel, and while we were out for dinner, he had the flower lady come in and fill the entire room with roses. Wow. So I thought, <laughs> probably gotten flowers. So I walked upstairs, I walked into our bedroom, and standing there in front of our dresser was a beautiful Celtic harp. My mouth fell open. And I just stood there staring. My boy said, Mom, Mom, go, go play it. I'm like, you know how to play it. <laughs> I walked over to it. I had longed for a heart for years, never thinking I'd get one. They're expensive. I didn't feel worthy of such a gift. I walked over and I ran my finger over the strings. Magic. I felt absolutely overwhelmed. Heart bursting with gratitude. I wonder if that is how those workers who were hired in the 11th hour felt when they lined up for their pay and saw those coins, a whole day's wages pressed into their hands. Did their mouths fall open? Did they just stare, unable to believe it? Hearts bursting with gratitude? I have to confess that I've never really thought about it before. Always when I've encountered this parable, I've identified with those first hired laborers. And my gut level response has been, well, like an indignant 12 year old. Not fair! Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of heaven 
is like. Really, Jesus? Really? I mean, this is where the undeserving get the same thing as the undeserving? Now, parables, you know, they're a lot like people. So it helps to understand them if you know a little bit of background. Right before this, in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus has welcomed little children. Now, children then, as children in much of the world now, did not have any status, no rights. And so when they come, when they're brought to Jesus for his blessing, the disciples try to shoo them away, but Jesus says, Let the children come to me, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And then from the other end of the social spectrum, a wealthy young man appears. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Teacher, tell me what good deed I must do to earn eternal life. Jesus says, obey the commandments, and he lists all the ones that reference how we should treat one another. Don't murder, don't steal, don't lie about others, don't commit adultery, honor your father and mother, and as a summation, love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man says, I have kept all these since my youth. Now, I don't know if he was coming to Jesus with a sincere desire to learn what more he should do, or if he was coming to Jesus for affirmation. Because in that world, and maybe in ours, if you were wealthy, if you had power and position, the thought was that you must be good. You must be blessed by God. And if you were sick or poor or, or nothing, then, well, you must have done something wrong, or maybe somebody in your family did. Now, in Mark's Gospel, it says that Jesus looked at the young man and loved him. Loves him enough to look at him and see what it is that's standing in his way. His words, what good deed must I do, indicate that he thinks that he is in control of this. All he has to do is figure it out what I do. He thinks that the kingdom, like the world, is a meritocracy. So Jesus looks at him with laser kingdom of heaven vision and says, sell everything you have, give the money to the poor, and then come and follow me. Become like me, dependent on God 
trusting in God every day for manna from heaven that you can't hoard. You just have to wait day by day by day by day. Be like me, Jesus says. And the young man goes away grieving because he just can't do it. And then Jesus says that thing about the, you know, the camel and the eye of the needle. He says it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than it would be for a rich person to come into the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples, who are still seeing with the vision of the world, the disciples say, well, then who can be saved? But Peter... Peter gets it. And he says, now wait a minute, Jesus. We gave up everything to follow you. And Jesus says, and all of you who have given up these things will receive your inheritance. But I don't know. Maybe they were all looking at each other in kind of a smug way. and So Jesus adds a little warning. But I tell you, many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. And then he tells them this troubling parable. There's a landowner. He owns a vineyard. Vineyard, by the way, is a metaphor that's all through Scripture. It's a metaphor for Israel. It's a metaphor for the kingdom of heaven. He owns this vineyard. And there were cell phones in it. And it was, it was a crazy thing. But that's how we knew to go back to the marketplace. There, there were other people who had arrived there. I don't know, maybe they didn't have any good public transportation. But I digress. Um, so he goes and he hires workers. That was normal. They agree on, on a fair wage for working the entire day. But unlike uh, uh, the usual sort of landowner, this landowner is not satisfied with just getting those early comers to the marketplace. And so he goes back. He keeps going back. He goes back at 9. He goes back at noon. He goes back at 3. He even goes back at 5. Now, there are certain commentators who have, well, let's just say, commentators who come from the same demographic that I do, you know, privileged, ed college-educated white, who look at those latecomers, those ones who have been there, and they say, oh, they're idlers. I don't know. The landowner says, why have we been here idle? And they say, we've been here idle because nobody hired us. Maybe they've been waiting all day long. Maybe they're still <clears throat> So he hires them too. And then, after the day is over, an hour later, he tells his manager, all right, now you pay the ones that were hired last, pay first, and so forth. And of course, they get the same wage. 
the same wage they had probably been expecting to get, oh, who knows, just a few coins. But they get the same wage. Everybody does. But when those hired first come, and they see that everybody has gotten the same they've been expecting. You know, they've been kind of rubbing their hands together and expecting that they were going to get more. And when they get the same, they grumble. And the landowner says to them, among other things, are you envious because I am generous? In Greek, what it actually says is, is your eye evil because I am generous? <laughs> Earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has said, has said, the eye is the lamp of the body. How you see things affects everything. When we see with the eyes of the world at large, we see those other workers as competition. We see them as somebody who might get more than we do, and the only way we could ever have enough is if we get more and more and more and more, and we're filled with envy and fear. Resentment, huh. that can fuel a lot of things. Political movements, an entire economy. But when you see with kingdom of heaven vision, then your eye is clear. And you see that everything, everything we have, I can see the trees out there through the open door. The trees, the sky, the birds, our food, and our beloved community. It's all gifts. It's all a gift from God. When you see with gratitude, you see your fellow workers in the vineyard as, as friends supporting one another. And you even see and extend love to those outside the vineyard, too. Even the ones that will never come in. Mm -hmm. Meister Eckhart wrote, If the only prayer you ever said was thank you, it would be enough. And William Blake, the great English poet and artist who died penniless and was penniless most of his life, he wrote, Gratitude is heaven itself. As I was um, finishing this sermon, a song came to me. When our kids were little, we used to listen to a lot of Raffi. Um, I am not going to play the wheels on the bus go round and round. Maybe 
Uh, Ravi wrote a beautiful little song called Thanks a Lot, and it's really a lovely prayer. This is how it goes. Mm -hmm. 